dads out there and all you moms welcome to the fade you podcast this is episode 132 settle in gather around we have a very very special episode coming your way this time if you like this episode and you want more content from fade you be sure to subscribe to our pod and make sure you're following us on twitter at fade you sports we do have video versions of this pod available on our youtube channel you can find that link in our twitter bio so give that a look as well we're also trying to grow our TikTok, so make sure you're following us on there. Our shenanigans, our degens, Chris Duke doing a yug and an S at Fade University. We do have that trademark, so check that out as well. My name is Matthew James. I'm on Twitter at MatthewJames78, joined as always by the dads, Chris Duke at HazmatSuit23 and Joseph Hamill at Joe underscore nose underscore underscore underscore. Got to get all three of them in there. Uh unfortunately but way more importantly we are joined by someone who we have been following for a while since the very early days of fade you we finally got to connect and meet her in vegas when we were there recently for march madness and i gotta say she quickly became one of our very best friends and one of our absolute favorite people she is with yahoo sportsbook she is actual literal royalty on gambling twitter she has a new weekday show on MLB Network with Matt Vaskirgin called Pregame Spread. It is Ariel Epstein. Ariel, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Fade You podcast. Thanks guys for having me. I've never been so excited to reconnect with people. You guys, I really missed you guys <laughs> after Vegas. Yeah, missed- yeah, I mean, it sucks that you're all the way in New York. I guess we'll just have to meet in Vegas again next year or before football season. Ooh, yeah, I mean, there's always the uh, the pick. Uh, we have to go back anyway to sign up for all the contests. So if you guys are there, exactly. I'm going to be there. Oh, we will be. We will be there, too. Hopefully Kelly will be there and uh, it'll be you a good will. time. The plans are ready. <laughs> Everyone's going back. We're all going back. I was actually, did you guys see that I had to go back there a week ago? I mean, that was ridiculous. Oh, I didn't see that. What for? <laughs> I was asked to go out. I I probably can't say this publicly, but there was something I had to do for Derek Stevens at Circa. They asked me about three days prior to go fly back to Vegas. When I tell you, Uh, I was so not ready. Like I, my, my liver wasn't ready. My brain wasn't ready. And not only did I go back there saying that I'm going to do a good job. I'm there for work. I'm going to be there for like 36 hours. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I said to Hakeem profits, key profit at wager talk. I said, I'm just going to go to dinner, go to the blackjack table, maybe a little craps and go to bed. Okay, this ended with me at 1 a.m. on a zip line across Fremont Street. Oh, God. It doesn't work. You can't behave. Mm -hmm. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, and Derek Stevens actually has been on this podcast as well, so that's pretty cool. I love him. He's a great guy. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing the the zip line picture, and I was like, wait a sec. There's no way she's there again. Yeah. um, (laughs) She just couldn't get enough. Nope. Monday night into Tuesday morning, it was 12 o'clock. It was like midnight and I'm on Fremont street. I look up and I see the zip line. I said, you know, I've never done the zip line on Fremont before. It's usually such a long line. What better time to do it? There must be no line at midnight on a Monday night. 
of course there wasn't one so i went i'm sure you were completely sober as well completely so that's really it's really a, a good thing to do <laughs> it was such a mistake i was miserable that whole day i had to work i worked like 15 hours straight on tuesday i was uh, miserable i had to take a break for an hour and go up to the room and take a nap <laughs> chris Sometimes that sounds like it sounds like something you would do the zipline i'll have to get you out there and get you a, a yuggy and then a shot and then a zipline absolutely it, it is does look cool i've been there down in fremont and seen them do that i've done it here in california uh we found one that was cool up in the hills um it is it is fun um especially if you've had a few beforehand it does, well, it makes chris, you not nervous yeah. i wasn't nervous at all yeah well chris just has to be weary about getting his chest hair caught in like the coupling <laughs> above him so hey, i didn't have that problem now I now Ariel, after talking to her about her and her brother in Vegas, has me all like self-conscious if I use my wife's razor, like, oh, I can't leave anything in there. She's she'll be disgusted, like Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I told you that story. <laughs> oh, that's oh, hilarious. Man. So good times in Vegas for sure. Uh, we wanted to have Ariel on shortly after baseball season started. So this will be a little bit of an MLB focused episode. So Ariel, with that in mind. What is it about baseball that, that is so near and dear to your heart? Why is it your favorite, not just to bet in general, but just why, why is baseball your favorite? It all started with baseball, this whole career path. I was nine years old watching the 2003 World Series with my grandpa. And my, the Yankees grounded out to lose the World Series to the Marlins. My grandpa was devastated. I just like felt something for the first time. I felt an emotion towards someone, not myself. I was, it was like a selfless thing. I, the next year got a Jeter Jersey. My grandpa took me to a baseball game. When, I mean, that wasn't my first game, but it was the first one that I remember. I just remember feeling like it was the coolest bonding experience with my grandpa. He taught me how to fill out a card. He taught me all about the game. I found it really fun to be sitting in our season. It was my grandpa's season tickets at the time in the old stadium, just like the movie Fever Pitch, where they had two rows, three rows of each other that were all family. I had that same thing in, in the old stadium, actually. I had that same thing with three rows of us to the point that in 04, it was Yankees Red Sox, which anyone who knows baseball knows that was the craziest rivalry year ever. Yankees Red Sox game, some random guy in one of our rows ends up spilling beer on me. He's a Red Sox fan. One of the guys who had the season tickets with us in those rows stood up, punched the guy in the face and was like, you better apologize to her right now. And he said a few bad words. Then the guy punched him back. They both get kicked out. But this guy got like kicked out of a game defending me at nine years old for getting beer spilt on me. It just was such a family feeling that it's been something my grandpa Marty and I have had for so many years. Um, and I always was allowed to miss school for opening day. Every teacher my whole life since that since that year knew that I wasn't going to be in school opening day. It was always an absence. Like I was gone. Even if I didn't go to the game, I got to stay home and watch the game. It, my parents just said, this is, this is your thing. And that's why baseball is my favorite. That's incredible. Love it. Awesome. And that's a thing. That's not the case in California. Like I I'm a teacher. It's, we don't have kids skippings like calling out of school for opening day that that seems like it's such a like when your family has been Yankees fans for generations like back there that seems like it's it's very exclusive to 
kind of maybe it's the same like in Chicago with Cubs fans or something like that. But it it, it just seems different back east with the Yankees, the Red Sox, those teams. Yeah, I mean, you also have to think my like I've been dying for a Yankees Dodgers World Series because my grandpa grew up with the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants, the New York Yankees, where you were able to have all these New York teams that your family was so divided over. So, yeah, I mean, like the Brooklyn Dodgers were really like the big thing back in the day, but the Yankees have always been the New York Yankees. And, you know, it's funny. It's my dad's not even a Yankees fan. He's a diehard Orioles fan. Hence why I'm a Ravens fan. He's from Maryland. He just lost me on the Orioles because they were terrible. I mean, the only person he was able to show me was Brian Roberts and he never played. So there was nobody for me to love. Like I loved Derek Jeter. Then I loved Jeter and it all just was history. I became this diehard Yankees fan first. The Ravens ended up coming second. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, Opening day was something my grandpa and I always had. And I think for my dad, he said, listen, opening day is a holiday for me. He loved baseball no matter what. My mom loved the fact that I was bonding with her dad. So it was a totally like bias, make sure my parents are the favorites kind of grandparent thing. I think that was kind of where mom allowed me to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. It was just a real shame that this year opening day, we had the under and then we both live bet the Yankees. So we screwed ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. that sucked. And then, yeah, the ghost runner and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was an uh, idiot. You know, I, I listened to really smart people in this business who told me preseason because of the ghost runner, don't bet full game unders, only bet first five unders, bet full game overs because of the ghost runner. Opening day, I'm an idiot. I just said, you know what? I'm going to bet the under eight runs on the Yankees and the Red Sox because Cole and whatever, Valdi, Revenge. Yeah, that thing was dead after the first inning when the Sox went up 3 nothing. It was horrible. And then 3-2, bottom of the first, and then you knew it was just RIP. But yeah, I oh. mean, even dumber, on, on opening day every year, I have a tradition too, and, and that's I fire every dog. I put a unit on every dog and just, I don't, I don't give a shit. I just fire them all and then just go for it. So this year it ended up very profitable. It was up like 4.5 units. Wow. So that was good. That's my tradition for opening day. I mean, I think it's really, I think it's really bad um, from uh, like from having the legalized betting where you can bet on your phone now at a game. And the fact that I could place a pregame wager and then go to the Yankees game or really go to any game in New York. And then I say, you know what, my pregame wager lost and I'm just going to go and be sadistic and bet my team because either I'm going to be completely miserable or at least I'll win money off my team winning. It just seems like a really bad mix and it sounds really irresponsible, but whatever, like love of the game, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's hard not to fire an over one at like a baseball game you go to because you're just like, oh, you know, I want to see runs. We don't want to watch a pitcher's duel. Well, some of us do. I love pitcher's duels too, but in general, like we want to see game. The, yeah, a perfect game. Yeah. A perfect. Yeah. I was one out from a perfect game. Actually, I was at Kurt Schilling, his start in Oakland is probably 2006. And he was perfect through eight and two thirds. And then he let up a single up the middle. At that point, guys, like I, I just strike out. Like I just right. keep <laughs> give it to him. that guy. Just be like, whatever, I'll be his last out, I guess. (laughs) Like, you're part of history. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Get up. (laughs) And did Schilling. No, that's something I wanted to uh, ask you about, because I always stress to my my 
you know, the, both these guys are from NorCal, but as a, a Southern Californian, I'm always wondering, cause we've got the angels, the Dodgers. I mean, you've got, you know, the Padres and then the chargers have come to LA, you've got Oakland, you know, the Raiders have gone from NorCal SoCal. You've got the Rams have gone to St. Louis and back. So we have all these, you know, the Clippers have gone from San Diego up to LA. We have all these teams that go everywhere. You guys have your teams that Boston's been there. New York's been there, right? Everyone's been there. And it's so funny. A lot of my friends, I tell these guys all the time. I'm like, you would never in ever find a, a Yankees fans that just flip flops. Like I'm going to be a Red Sox fan now after like 15, 20s. I'm like, and I hear all the time. My buddy was a Padre fan. He's like, screw him. A uh, Chargers fan. I don't like the, I don't like the ownership, right? Everyone hates the owners of the Chargers. I'm going to be a Rams fan now. So it's just, it's so funny because I've got friends that have Dodgers seats, right? They, they ripped the old seats out of the stadium. They've got the old seats from the, the stadium and it's so cool. They've had season tickets since the sixties or seventies. So that tradition resonates with me that you have with your grandpa. And it's like, I couldn't imagine. I always love to pick an East coast. Like, could you ever imagine a, a, a flip flopper like that? Like, could you, uh, can you explain why us fickle Southern Californians can do that, but you guys are just just stuck in the ways, you know? Because LA fans suck. That's why. <laughs> I mean, it sucks to lose. No one wants to lose. I give my dad so much credit that he has stayed an Orioles fan his entire life. I think too, when people don't have the continuity, like I'm really not a basketball fan. Like I never grew up with an NBA team because like I became a Ravens fan because my grandpa Marty doesn't like football really he only likes baseball so grandpa marty and i were the yankees then my dad was always watching ravens games in the house so i became a ravens fan my dad being from maryland never had a basketball team in the nba so i never watched the nba and my grandpa doesn't watch the nba there just wasn't an nba team for me so when people ask me what's your nba team i'm like i don't know i guess the knicks but i don't really care and that's probably why i'm good at betting the nba because they really don't care so in California if you don't care you actually may be a pretty good better because there's not a team that you probably feel that love for I stay away like on Sundays during football season I very rarely bet Ravens games rarely like I'll bet props maybe but I won't I will very rarely bet a Ravens game because I just don't trust myself at all like I don't trust my heart like I don't trust my heart and my head separating Wow. That's good advice. Very good advice. I think that was something Matt was talking about. We wanted to talk to you about, because we always talk about, we bet with our wallets, right? I meet so many people that say, I can't bet on the, against the Dodgers or the Rams. I just can't bet. I know one guy in particular, he's like, I just don't bet the Steelers games. I just don't bet on my team. And I'm like, why? Like to me, I'm like, Joe and I are really good at handicapping our teams because we know, uh, like when the Rams, you know, the Rams on Monday Night Football laying two and a half at San Francisco against when they have a bad record. We knew that's a good spot. And so it's like it's, I'm I, good I, at fading my team. I'm bad at betting. I don't want to bet on them, but I will hedge my happiness and I will fade my team if I feel like they're well, yeah, a bad spot. Your Manoa K prop. That was that was good. You're fading. Those your don't Yankees. bother me, though. Props don't bother me because you could strike that's out 15 true. times and still win a game. I mean, you might not, but like that's true. That's very true. Like that, like the Yankees could still win the game, striking out over five and a half times. That's that. And I didn't me. mush you. I didn't mush you too. So <laughs> you, you said you hate me, but then I, almost, <laughs> I did not mush. I told told him not a mush. If it lost, you were getting blocked. I know, block. I know, I know. But Manoa did it, and then we had a bad beat on the other the other over you had with that. That was last year, Noah Day, right? 
uh yeah it was it was a bad beat it was a bad beat because he had he had four or he had two in the first inning and then he really mm-hmm. needed four or over four or five we need four or five or whatever and he came with one short and he didn't get two he didn't get one in like two straight innings it's like there's only knock wood and i feel like i'm gonna jinx this because it's i know we're releasing this sunday but it's thursday and my props haven't gone off yet but i'll just say up until this point nine and two on k props my two losses this nice. year so far have been Inoa and Bieber. And what happened was they were one away and they looked great. And then they gave up like three or four straight runs in like the fourth or fifth inning. Like they looked awesome. They were flawless yeah. through four or five. They were one strike out away. And when they were one strike out away, two strike counts on multiple guys, they gave up about three, four runs and got pulled. It was just terrible beats. It wasn't tragic losses, yeah. just terrible beats. The one where beat had like a no-no through five and then, yep. yeah. Yep, because yeah. I bet the under on Bieber's opener, and then I bet the over five and a half, I think it was, or six, it was some five and a half, or, no, I laid a lot of juice, five and a half, I think at minus 145 on Bieber um, for the second outing, and he was perfect until. Oh, yeah, he struck out a billion that game, but um, well, yeah, so last year it was, it was uh, when I, when I called you out on your K props, even though you didn't <laughs> answer the tweet, I thought it was gonna be mean, I I went back and I tr- I found the tweet. It took me like an hour searching through Twitter to find it, but I did. And I'll read it to you. I thought it was a lot meaner. So I'm I said, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, I couldn't find it because I actually did it to sports grid on a video of, of you talking about your best bets of the day, doing the shimmy, all the stuff, all that. So <laughs> I saw it and I said, Ariel, do you ever check out K prop unders instead of overs? If not, why? Seems like everybody that fires K props is on the over. And then the next day you fired two unders. So I was like, oh, I, I, I caused that, but I probably didn't. Probably. I probably was still insecure <laughs> then. Now I would tell you to F off because I'll do what yeah. wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I thought it was fine. I was telling the boys, I'm like, dude, I, I know I did this because I listened to you every day on my way to work <laughs> in the morning on Sports Grid. So yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, Joe would always text us till that. Till best do us part, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I would, I would." So, <laughs> so many people are mad that I like gave that a funeral. Like people want really wanted me oh. to bring it with me everywhere. Yeah. I just felt really bad because Sports Grid and I kind of came up with that together. I have a few people though that are, are like, "You got to bring it back." Like, everyone loved the shimmy. It's like what you made should. you. I know. <laughs> I, I probably could, but i feel like sports grid would be so mad so i don't know i'd probably have to get approval on that but yeah the shimmy was great i don't know how it happened but i think i was just (laughs) bored it was covid we were trying to create cool segments and we were trying to cut social media clips because no one else was putting out content during covid i just was i didn't i never you know what's crazy and it's and i'll tell you a funny story about that which i might have told you in vegas um I never think anyone's listening. Like I just assume I'm like, there's so many options for people to listen to on the radio and TV. Why would they listen to me? And I just like would be silly and goofy and be like, whatever. I'd be like, tell Beth to us part and do all different like <laughs> crazy things. And it took off. But the funny part of it all is that Matt Viscurgeon was listening that whole time. And Matt Viscurgeon is the one that alert like brought my like my name up to MLB network said I listened to because he was a VSIN guy and he loves mm-hmm. the VSIN guys. He's very close with them. And VSIN got kicked off and we replaced them. Or I shouldn't say kicked off. We just replaced them. Um and he said he started listening on his drive back from work. 
that's when MLB Network came calling. So it's just like funny. You think no one's listening and you're just being an absolute goofball. But um, yeah, Matt Viscursion was listening the whole time. <laughs> you should get that's him awesome. to do the shimmy. He probably yeah. would. There you go. He, he totally 100% would. would. And that's something kind of cool that like the people who have followed you from way back will remember. Uh, so, I mean, if you bust it out, those those people will love it. They're like, oh, I remember this from from way back when she was a sports creator. And that's kind of a cool thing, too. It's true. If people, the OGs know, even Chelsea Messenger, who works with Odyssey, she uh, or whatever they call themselves now, she um, commented when Fishy Lines came out yesterday mm-hmm. on Wednesday. I did Fishy Lines. She goes, the OGs know. And it's so true, because if you look all the way back on my tweets, I did fishy lines sometimes like after a workout. And I remember my broadcast coach texting me, yelling at me that like appearances kind of matter and that I looked like crap. She goes, can you please never post that again? You're like sweating and you look terrible. She's like, don't do that. (laughs) And it was kind of true because I look back and I'm, you know, I'm just thinking no one cares. No one's watching. But fishy lines is another thing that took off. Um, So, yeah, I uh, fishy lines till bed to us part. K-pop for sure. Oop. Is that what that yeah. was? Yeah. We, yeah. We, call, yeah. we call them bait lines or poopy lines on the fade like side. So we get yeah. it. We totally get it. Yeah. Baseball fishy lines are really fun, especially when the Marlins are a fishy line. I love that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's even better. Yeah. That's it been crazy. It's been Chris's thing since, I mean, God, Chris, as long as I've known you bet on sports, your thing has been smelly lines and like, you always look for those road teams laying minus one thirty. That like, here's little, your little carrot, little bunny. Go ahead and take it. And uh, yeah, Chris, we when we started fade you, one of the first things we posted, Chris, you'll remember this is is the gif of the guy on the toilet blowing the the air freshener, like the the poopy smelly lines. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, we we're big fans of gifts here. Like when the Arizona diamondbacks, we get to bet Snakes. them. We just fire a billion snake gifts back and forth. Cause it's just the best. Oh, Shout I out Seth that. beer on opening day. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So speaking of speaking of betting, you're obviously known for props, right? That's, that's kind of become your thing. So can you tell us, just talk us through the process of like, okay, you're looking at a slate. How are you approaching? Like, which games, which props, like walk us through, like, what's the research process? Like, how do you actually decide on the ones that you decide on for major league baseball? Yeah. For baseball. I really stick with strikeout props. I know people will do the like total bases or home runs. Hitting's just so fluky in baseball that you could get it wrong today and right tomorrow. Um, with strikeout props, there's way more, analytics that go into pitching and a pitcher only pitches once every what five six days so you're not getting the same guy every day and you do get teams that are way more strikeout prone than others I look to the teams that are top 10 with highest K rates and bottom 10 with lowest K rates that automatically eliminates about what 10 different teams um and then I go through the I go through lefty versus righty so I see if a team um, let's just say, let me look at my sheet for, uh, today. So today is Thursday, April 14th. So, oh no, sorry. Yeah. Thursday, April 14th. Sorry. I have like notes up for tomorrow's slate too already. Mm-hmm. So the one that I gave out today was let's just say Yankees right-hander Luis Severino over four and a half strikeouts. 
Toronto has the second highest strikeout rate in baseball. They have the eighth highest strikeout rate against right-handed pitchers. So they're top 10 in high K rates for both those categories. I'm also keeping track of literally every single team and every single pitcher they have faced along with their strikeout prop. And if they went over or under and by how many, like I literally me and my friend, Matt, mid-major Matt, we have a spreadsheet of the IL and NL with every single team. So I know that four out of the five starters have gone over their K props against Toronto. So that's one of the things is seeing that like both of these teams or both of these um, that it lines up a righty and that they're top 10 overall in K rate and top 10 overall against righties, because sometimes you'll get a team like the Los Angeles angels tonight. The angels have the third highest K rate overall in baseball, but they rank 21st against right-handers. So they're really striking out more against lefties than righties. And they're up against a righty in Dane Dunning. So I lean more towards the under four and a half strikeouts because you're, you might be getting a number a little bit too high because the angels do strike out a lot. They just strike out more against lefties than righties. And he's a righty. Those are the kinds of things I look for um, and try to compare and contrast when it comes to just overall K rate versus lefties versus righties. Then eventually throughout the course of the season, I'll start looking at day versus night, or I'll make sure that I'm looking at second half instead of first half, those kinds of things. About wind. You take that into account sometimes? You know, I'm at fault for it. I don't. Um, I know Matt will look at weather and sometimes he'll catch me. Like I, I always make sure with my props that I have somebody else who looks for things I don't always look for. So like in the NBA, Hakeem Profit, I always go back and forth with him on NBA props because he knows the game better than I do. I just bet numbers. Whereas Matt will look to those kinds of things like weather. I don't know. He has like way more time than me, I guess, because he dives into crazy things. He's like, well, back in 2012, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But he really like Matt will look at certain things that I'll forget to look at. So sometimes he helps me cover the bases of everything that I may have forgot about. Um, so he'll look at weather, like he'll, uh, what was it? The White Sox, um, Seattle game, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, They're dropping Mm pop-ups. Yeah. Robbie Ray, I had his under six and a half strikeouts, but there was bad weather and that ended up benefiting me for the unders. So yeah, bad weather and unders could definitely benefit you. Yeah, I love I love that stuff. That's good info, at least for fade you, right? We're trying to teach people some stuff, and you hear straight from the prop queen. Well, and it's such a great point about looking at the overall data, but understanding that there's maybe more to it than that. Because people do this a lot in football, too, where they say, okay, this defense has given up the third most passing yards. And it's like, well, if they've played Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Brady, then that data is going to be skewed a little bit. So I love what you said about how you track which pitchers each team has faced. Yeah. Because that that overall data, you know, it tells a story up to a certain point, but you've got to dig in a little bit more. And isn't that what's so great about baseball is that all of that data is available and it's yeah. probably the most data driven sport to bet. And, and so, you know, if you can nerd out on some of that stuff, you can really find some opportunities to make yourself some money. For sure. And that's why right now it's early in the year. So I'll look back to 2021. But eventually when we get a larger sample size, I, I'll, I'll just refer to this year. I always make sure that I look at the teams. Let's say I want to bet an over. I make sure that I only really assess that pitcher's performances against teams with high K rates. I won't look back and see if he faced, let's just say the Houston Astros. The Astros are, they very, they don't strike out a lot just over the last couple of years. 
I'm not going to judge what Luis Severino does against the Astros when he's going up against the Orioles because the Orioles strike out a lot. The Rays strike out a lot. The Astros don't. So why am I using that in my metric? I'm going to use what has Severino done against teams that strike out a lot. Those teams with the top 10 carry. And like last year, for example, when I used, uh, let's just say, I think it was, yeah, Walker Bueller. He's another one for tonight. The Dodgers, I said over five and a half strikeouts. I'm giving all these out and you're probably going to listen back to this Sunday and they all probably are going to lose. Um, but Walker Bueller over <laughs> no, five and a half strikeouts. Don't, don't say that, no. He went over Bueller when he faced a team with one of the top 10 highest carries in 2021. He went over five and a half strikeouts in eight out of the 13 games. But the ones that he didn't go over that on were majority were the only the only ones were against San Francisco. So that's a divisional team who he faces multiple times. And he did go over it against San Francisco, but he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts because that's the playoffs. Eight starts against San Francisco last year. And he still went over in a few of them, but all the other games against teams that weren't San Francisco. He had over five and a half strikeouts. So not only was he doing that against teams with a top 10 K rate, he was doing it against teams that aren't in his division. That's awesome. That's great stuff. Yeah, that's, that's great. I have no info. life. None. You, you got help. So it's fine. We're not judging here. I mean, if anything, we're like amazed. We want to hear what's under the hood. Like we want to hear yeah. how you come up with these, you know, make everybody else a better, better. That's what I try to do. I try to help as best as I can. I know people say to me, they're like, well, if you give away your secrets, then people are not going to need you. I'm like, nah, people are lazy by nature. They don't want to go through all this. They'll try it once and then they'll say, forget it. I'll just wait for her to do it. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you ever fire any nerfies or your fees? No, I know that it's a cool thing. My grandpa actually just sent me um, the article. I think it was in the New York times. Oh no. Um, What was Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, The daily news. And there was an article about nerfies and Europeans, and he sent me a picture. He goes, look at this. Yeah, yeah, I know. People love betting it. I don't want to. Yeah, I love it. It's it's literally my favorite bet in all sports. (laughs) How do you cap that? He just loves cocaine. I I mean, so he likes that that high, you know, buzz of nerfie, nerfie. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Cause it's over in like 10 minutes, but no, I actually do handicap it. I, uh, I actually look at matchups. So if there's like a righty and then if the, the team that they're, they're playing has three to four righties on the top of their lineup. And then the other team matches that as well. That same thing, if the righty or lefty, whatever I'll fire the nerfy and it's, it's two and one so far this season. It's just kind of rare because most teams are analytical forward and they won't go like righty, 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 righty against a righty. They'll go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, or, you know, lefty, lefty, righty, like the Giants do. But like the Blue Jays this year, they've been, uh, they've matched the system, but the team they play hasn't. So I haven't been able to fire it, but I've done it. It's matched three times this year. It's two and one, but it was, it was nails last year. Wow. No, it's interesting. I never, uh, I never thought about it. I actually bet my first, first three inning bet with Toronto and the New York Yankees. I think it was the first game of the series, the one with Jamison Tyone pitching. I usually only do first five, but when I looked back at Tyone's starts against Toronto last year, he left a loser every time that he pitched against Toronto, but there were, I think there was one or two times where he left by like the third, fourth inning. And then the Yankees scored a bunch of runs by the fifth and tied it up. 
similar to what happened in the Yankees Red Sox game where the Red Sox had the lead until like the fifth inning and then the Yankees tied it up in the fifth. So I said, you know what? I'm a little scarred from all this. I'm going to go first three. Let Manoa get through the first swing of the lineup. Right. And Tyone, well, he probably can't make it through. So let's just go first three. And it ended up cashing in the third inning. It was the top of the third and Springer hits a bomb and they ended up going up to nothing. I got so lucky. I didn't even think about the fact it would be zero zero. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I dude, I wish our book our books don't offer first three yet, but hopefully in the future. That's that's awesome because then you're just betting about one turn in the lineup. And that's right. that's pretty cool. You know, you can find some sharp angles there. For sure. So let's talk yeah. about an issue that has been in the news this week regarding baseball. And I feel like this is an all sports issue to some extent. And we couldn't even get a week into the season, and we're already talking about unwritten rules, right? And uh, so I'm watching a hockey game last night. It's the Avalanche and the Kings and the Avalanche are up seven to two in the third period. And it's like, all right, what are they supposed to do? Just pass it around and stop. So we had the Giants and the Padres the other night and the Giants are absolutely kicking their ass and they're laying down bunts and they're stealing bases and they're playing the game. And then the Padres cry about it. And I feel like this is something that happens in baseball all the time with the unwritten rules. And it's, it feels like it's just, baseball has been having this conversation forever what is your take on the unwritten rules of baseball my take is the same as the Giants manager Gabe Kapler who said never stop competing I agree and granted I know they're up by a ton of runs but how easy is it in baseball to load up the bases and give up a grand slam and now all of a sudden it's a game again now you're pitchers are deflated your players heads are out of the game I fully agree that in a professional sport man up woman up whatever you want to call it these days and just like play the game and like if you get murdered then be better that's it I mean I am the kind of person so funny story I was just telling this to I forget one of my friends but I was at a camp I was a camp counselor I was the coach of a soccer team our team was terrible we sucked all year literally until the last game the last game we murdered the other team and to be honest I hate I don't think she would ever listen to this podcast I don't think she likes sports but she I I did not like her the the girl on the other side so because we had a fight already that year and I didn't like the coach on the other side in addition to the fact I was really glad for my girls that they finally were like playing well that I left the starters on the field and we were like dominating the soccer match like eight to one or something and they're like, can you please take your girl, like your older girls out and let the younger girls play? I said, no, it's their last game ever. Like they're going to be counselors next year. I'm leaving them in, like, let them enjoy this. They were like, this is mean. This is horrible. They called over the division leader. They called over all the bosses. They were getting so mad at me. And I was like, oh, well, and I kept them in. <laughs> so I am that person. <laughs> No, I agree wholeheartedly, especially for a guy like Dubon who laid out that bunt, who's kind of like trying to stay on the top, the 25, 26 man roster or whatever. Like that doesn't, if he gets an out like that, that doesn't, that still counts. Right. When they're looking yeah. at his stats two weeks from now, if he goes into a slump, it, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think you should play to the end. And if you don't like it, then that's all you out. I mean, it's so easy and I've seen it happen because I'm very close with a, a college baseball coach and there have been so many times where his players could get up 
six, seven, nothing in a game. And I can't tell you how many times they have blown that lead in the sixth, seventh inning because they just feel like it's done. They won. They're, they're crushing them. And then you blink an eye and six runs are scored in an inning and you are now in a one run game. And now the game's tied off the bat of one home run. And now it's the seventh, eighth inning and you're tied at seven and you lose. I mean, this happens all the time in sports. It happens all the time in baseball. What you're going to tell me that I know that in football, you can just run the ball, but that's doing you a service because you can run the clock out. There's no running clock out in baseball. You've got to exactly. just keep playing. Yep. You have to, there's no end. You got to get three outs. Yeah. So yeah, I agree 100%. And how is there room in professional sports for, Oh, you're beating us too bad. Why don't you take it easy? Like, isn't this the highest level? Be I mean, better. It's, it's so like, no one's stopping. I loved what Kapler said. He goes, I never understand the premise of one team having to stop playing and the other team can keep competing. That's terrible. Like, seriously, one team. So now you're telling me that the Padres can use everything at their disposal. They have some of the best hitters in baseball. They have some of the best pitchers. They could do whatever they want to keep trying to win this game, but the Giants have to give up. Give up. Just, just right. keep right. swinging yeah. in this, please. No. Yeah, it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. And those you're going to be old mad school... that he bunted, yeah. but you're not mad if he hits a home run. Come on. <laughs> They'll be like, he swung too hard, Ariel. He should have <laughs> just tried to hit a single because that's so easy in baseball. Yeah. No, I, that whole thing, <laughs> like enough, like we're so sensitive today and I'm glad that I got a lot more positive feedback on my tweet about it than negative because I was nervous even to tweet that, which is so pathetic. But I think like, we've got to really stop being so soft because what, like we can't, you, if you're so soft, you're going to be taken advantage of, like, you can't let that happen. And again, this was like the fourth game of the season. It's like, where, what are we doing? It's, it's not even the middle of April and we're already having the unwritten rules discussion. It's just maybe right. more like, what if, like, maybe ahead, at the end of the season when a team's like, you know, way out of it, I don't know, maybe then, but like, come on, man, we're, this is the beginning of the season. These wins right. matter. Like, yeah. Like if you've clinched a divi- if you clinched a spot in the playoffs that you can't get out of, like there's no room for growing in the seating. There's no like that's it. Right, You're locked yeah. into that whatever seating. Then like fine, sure. But come on, these not only do they need these wins, but these players are still just trying to get acclimated, and some of these younger players are still trying to get acclimated, and they're trying to learn their new teams and get used to new pitching, and maybe someone getting used to a new pitcher they haven't seen or picking up signs or just anything like these are things that these players are getting used to. They're not thinking, I don't want to hurt the other team's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the other thing Kapler might've been Kapler might've been one of the guys on the Giants set is like, Hey, we're, we're playing a series against these guys. It gives us a competitive advantage. If we go get them to go through more pitchers and then they have less arms in the bullpen available the next day. So they're like, I don't know. It's, it's I couldn't believe it when when I heard that the Padres and, and Chris, of course, it was the Padres, right? Of course. How many uh, they can go back and cry about how many World Series rings they have? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, amazing. Yeah. Okay, Here, so go ahead. Do we go? Uh, go. When the Grizzlies won by sixty earlier, or the yeah. 
Blazers tank. They just got beat by the Mavs by 50. I mean, no one is going, oh my God, I wish, why didn't they let us come back and make it, you know, a 25 point game instead of 50. It's like, come on, man, these guys that get in want to play. You think these guys sit on the bench and then when they're up by four, they're just going to come and like throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, every, like you guys said, every time professional athletes, they want to get out there and get a base hit too. And so. Speaking of world series. All right. So how many Yankees world series have you lived through and, and actually remember? Oh, well, remember is different. Um, the first one I remember is probably 2000. Um, World Series, like ever since 2000, I remember all of them. So I remember losing in 2001, which was heartbreaking. I was in, a, I was actually in Aruba um, with my family and it would have been the best story ever if the Yankees won the World Series that year and the Diamondbacks and Randy Johnson messed it all up. Um, I remember 2003 against the Marlins. That's when I started to love the Yankees. 2004, I remember hating my life, but that wasn't a World Series. That was the ALCS. And then I remember Fever Pitch coming out and being all excited because it was a cool baseball movie and not realizing <laughs> at the end of it, I had to relive everything from the 2004 ALCS. So I walked out of the movie theater. So I remember that. Um, but my first world series I ever went to was actually in 09. I went with my grandpa to game one of the Yankees Phillies world series. Okay. So you, you've been awesome. to that one. Okay. So what we wanted not to bring up 2004 anymore, but as a Yankees fan now, so they won a whole bunch of other ones before you remember how many World Series wins would you trade to reverse the reverse sweep from 2004? How many, <laughs> how many would it take to undo that? Oh, I mean, the thing is, if you were to have told me that they never won 09, then I probably would give up way more World Series. Um, but like, I don't know. That's a tough question. I like if you think about so what the next most was St. Louis. How many do they have? I think they're the next most. So I don't know. I'd give up like three, three or four World Series for that 04 <laughs> one. But like I don't really like you know it's it's more about the experience of living through it. Like I reflect back on 04 and that was like the most exciting season of any sport I think I've ever watched. And yeah, like the Ravens Super Bowl was super fun, but like there was nothing like the 04 season between the Yankees and the Red Sox. There was just so much hatred there was so much like just every game was terrible but I have to tell you this guys I've been to the world series I've been to the championship series I've been to opening day I've been to the Ravens beating the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl my most memorable experience especially in baseball last game at old Yankee Stadium like that was by far, and I still get chills thinking about it. My grandpa surprised me. I didn't think that he would ever pay for those tickets, and he did. And everybody in those rows that I told you at the old stadium, we all paid for our seats so we could all sit together one last time. And it was the coolest thing. It was better than any World Series. And it was the only time that I was glad the Yankees didn't make the playoffs was in 2008. And just getting to see Jeter make a speech to everybody, seeing like all this, like hor- like the horse and the the police officers, like everyone coming onto the field to close it all down and all the ceremonies. I mean, it was so emotional and everyone was like hugging around us. Like that, I still get chills, was my favorite, one of my favorite memories ever in sports. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And that's something that I feel like our fandom, we just don't have the same passion. Like, well, at least we do specifically, but like the people in general, like you can go to the Bay Area, like they don't really, they don't care as much. It's a pretty stadium, though. 
Yeah. You guys have that over us. I mean, Yankee Stadium now is like, bleh. like, uh, there's nothing like nostalgic about it. They tried, but it's not like old Yankee Stadium at all. You, you just can't replicate that kind of history, right? Not and you can't even really yeah. come close, honestly. No, and you yeah, can't I'm replicate never the got feeling of like thinking the place was gonna fall apart. Like you really thought <laughs> the place was going to, and I, I was okay with it. I was okay dying there. Like that was cool. The yeah. place. If the place fell to the ground and I was in it, it was meant to be. But in this new stadium, this thing better not break down. I don't want to die in that. <laughs> well, yeah, and I have the same exact feelings about Candlestick Park for the Niners before they moved yeah. to not San Francisco. Like, I grew up going to Candlestick Park. My dad had season tickets from 1985 to 2005. And same thing. It was like, it was a, a shitty shithole stadium, but it was our shithole. So yeah. that's why we loved it. Yep, Totally. Chris, Joe, you got any other quick hitters for Ariel? Yeah, how does one earn his pinstripes on the Yankees? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, it's just a stupid PMT thing. They always thought they always mess around with Yankee fans because they're like, oh, what does he have to do to earn his pinstripes? Does he have to make like a diving grab? Does he have to, you know, like Brett Gardner, like his no, it's really simple. You just have to shave off your facial hair and cut your hair up <laughs> past your shoulders. Oh, speaking of hair, Chris, do you have a question for Ariel? Yeah, Ariel. So we told the story the other day on our pod about how me and my buddies used to go to uh, Vegas wearing shirts like Joe's and wearing hair pieces like yours as males um, or whatever they want to call themselves these days, not <laughs> sisters, but um. And uh, so it, we talked about hair pieces and like John India and all these guys that have gorgeous pieces. Do you have anybody? It sucks because you're Yankees and they're strict. I would get fired. I have to trim this up. Uh, anybody that you like that just has a great uh, hair piece that just when he's on the mound or swinging the bat, it's like, man, that guy's got a mop up there. Ooh. Oh, I have to think about. I mean, I'll tell you this. My brother's or favorite wow. hair before too since we're same age like back thinking back like in the 2000s and 90s that you're like man that guy had some wild hair oh well i'll tell you all the kids my brother looks up to bryce harper like they all want to rock that hairdo like they think yeah, that bryce harper has like the best yep. flow ever so i probably <laughs> would have to go with him considering that's all these boys talk about is being like bryce harper and having bryce harper hair um i think he rocks it i think my brother needs to chop it all off um but I also feel like you're gonna get me in trouble on this podcast the next I feel like the more I'm on this podcast the more these guys are gonna get me into trouble with laughing about things (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna laugh at the wrong thing and I'm gonna get canceled how about no we're not gonna get you canceled what about like DeGrom's hair before he cut it remember that yeah or Thor no Syndergaard yep Mm -hmm. yep. Syndergaard was great so I would Uh, say Thor had the best he, I think his flow, like it worked. Like Thor's yeah. flow worked for him. DeGrom had good hair too. You know, it's funny. It's not something that I really guess I like stare at because I'm so anti-stereotype that I don't want to think about any man's appearance on the field. I just want to like watch them play the game. And it's <laughs> funny because I had to catch myself. I was doing a podcast uh, for Yahoo, not on Yahoo's podcast, for like a guest appearance. And I said, you know, I just, she was like, how do you handicap baseball? I said, I look for like the hottest pitchers. And she laughed. And I was like, oh my God, I meant like, no, like, hot looks, like hot, like on fire, like skills, like not like looks wise. It was for a magazine. And of course, like, you know, she probably is thinking looks. I'm like, ah, 
no well, shame on that. her for thinking that like if i said hey i'm gonna i, I want to look at the hottest picture they're not thinking that shame no they're not and when like, i said it, i was like i have to take this word out of my vocabulary because that's bad i can't have people yeah. thinking that that's how i judge people on their strikeouts <laughs> right exactly well how do we feel about brandon crawford's hair i haven't seen it what does brandon crawford's hair look like uh, yeah, I told glorious you it's very it's tough. Oh, I see. It looks like a mess. I don't like that. <laughs> That's it's terrible. A no, creepy, I don't like the messy looks... look. <laughs> I don't like the messy flow. Didn't Bryce Harper get a haircut? Your brother must be devastated. Well, if he did, then I'm going to... Tr- so here's the thing we have with my brother. So my brother loses his AirPods all the time. Like, this is like AirPod number like four or five. He's 15 for people listening that don't know. Uh, like that sounds we're, about right. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're 13 years apart. And he always loses them. So the deal is since he lost them last in October. So we said he has a year. And if he keeps on to them for a year, then we'll get him an updated AirPods. But if he loses them again within the year, then my sister, me, my mom and dad get to decide what Brendan cuts his hair like to be. So he's really, he's done a good job so far. He, we almost had a scare yesterday. My sister called, said he almost lost them, but remembered they were in his baseball pants but if Brendan loses his AirPods again before October, it's getting chopped. Wait a sec. Oh, Wait a sec. man. Your brother has like a nice piece going right now. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Can you, you, ha- you have to, oh, you have to like take a picture and say, at Feiju, is this, how's this piece for you? Like, rate this. Yeah. Like, you'll love it. Be like, yeah. hey, can you rate my brother's hair? Let me see. I have a, I just took a picture with him this weekend because we were at a wedding. Um, and, Let's see. I mean, I'd have to tweet it at you, um, but he's got the full. I'll tweet it at you. I have like a little selfie of him. I mean, like I, I, oh, I actually, you guys can probably see it here. Nice. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a decent. It's better than your bald spot, Chris. <laughs> I mean, that thing. His thing. His hair is huge. <laughs> I'm not into it. It's too much. Too much. That's funny see we're just confident males like we don't we can compliment another man's appearance i don't see the problem there girls do it all the time right i can say Always. matthew james's hair looks amazing right now like it looks it's good <laughs> he, he probably taught some kids today so he got stressed out and it's still squared away so that's fine <laughs> it's funny you say you don't like focus on that or look at that it's just the opposite of we're watching the masters on we, sunday chris just cannot stop drooling over cam smith's hairpiece chris shows up to my house with a hairpiece on wearing it like the cam smith hairpiece at my house because we were loving it but amazing yeah Yeah, it's so funny i think i've just since a young age aside for jeter jeter i loved would have married jeter um aside for him i think i've just kind of always like blocked it out of my brain to think that way of athletes because i always wanted them to take me seriously and professionally and I never wanted to give off that vibe that some girls do where you talk to these athletes and all they think about is sex. And I'm like, I don't want to give off that vibe. I want to give it off like daggers. Like, don't mess That's with smart. me because yeah. I will come after you. Like, don't mess. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I think I've had that, ma- like my mindset my whole life because we always, and it's getting better now. Like people are mixing like reporters, athletes, and they're not getting like shamed for it as much as they used to. It's become like pretty common in the sense that, you know, athletes, reporters, people in our space, like you guys get each other and you understand that like, this is our life. 
But the thing is too, that I've realized through dating. And I think I told you guys, this is like every date I go on with like a normal guy who has like a nine to five. All they want to do is talk about betting and like, what are my bets for the day? One guy on like hinge was like, yeah. does this relationship come with free bets? I'm like, oh. Oh. Bro. I was like, I don't damn. care if you're hot, like bye. And I like, whatever. So I think that that makes things easier for sure. But it's just been so ingrained in my brain. Like, don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Like you are working. They are working professionalism. <laughs> Yeah, that's a smart mindset. I mean, you got it. You have to be like that. Like it, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, but screw these guys on these dating apps. I'm done. I hate them. Oh God, I can't even imagine. I would never forget that. And I was like, oh, this guy's hot. And then does this relationship come with free bets? That's horrible. Uh, He probably thought that was so clever too. (sighs) Yeah, he was probably like, oh, I'm gonna go on a date with the prop queen. Yeah, it really sucks. He got (laughs) ghosted. Sucks to suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dear God. Uh, what do you got? Four and a half? Under four and a half? Okay, yeah. One uh, guy got, I actually made it to the date once and I sat down and he goes, So will you look at my uh, my uh, fantasy football lineup? I was like, <laughs> Okay. No. What? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's Boy. terrible. Are that you going be- uh, any. NBA are you going to be betting NBA playoffs a little bit or for sure I'll have NBA props out um actually my favorite way to bet the NBA plot uh player props Mm -hmm. is to bet the over on their points props at halftime there's a way that you can go look on nba.com you can look at every player's stats based on per quarter based on per half so I look at per half wow usually you find two to three players throughout the NBA playoffs that play a significantly better second half. For example, last year center for the Utah jazz, Rudy Gobert, he would only put up about two to four points in the first half of every game, almost like every game. And his points prop pregame was 14 and a half at halftime. It would go down to eight and a half. I would bet the over and he'd end up with anywhere between 14 and 18 points. There were times where he didn't even hit the pregame number, but he went over the live number because Gobert always ended up like, tripling or quadrupling his number in the second half if you could find those players after the first couple of games of nba playoffs then it's great and the reason i had i didn't do play-in games is i mean i'm getting into the rhythm of baseball and we're trying to figure out a routine at yahoo but the playoffs at least you have these series and having a best of seven series to look at a larger sample size that's what makes the playoffs so much more different in the props market, at least, than betting the normal, like, day-to-day in the NBA regular season. And you can shop that where you're at? You can, like, all do all your books offer that the second half? Yeah, the, a lot of them um, will have those halftime numbers, for sure, especially in the playoffs, yeah. Well, that's awesome. NFL Scott that Gibson. Too. Gibson K's over. Did it go know? over already? Yep. Yes. Just got his fifth. Oh, sweet. We can bang that one. All right. Well, yeah. Bang at least one Odd play. Bang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Yankees hasn't even started yet. Um, what about? And he's got two. He's got two. We're going to need him to figure it out in the bottom of the fourth here. Yeah, that's or four and he's in. That's not good. Top of the fifth, whatever. I got a tweet now, guys. Got to bring attention to the uh, the Yahoo video. I said that in the yep. Yahoo video, I think. Yeah. yeah, I saw it right, right before pregame. So Matt and I, we share a we share an account, so we fired it together. That was the one you had Bueller on later too, right? Yeah, Bueller's yep. later. Perfect. 
All right. Well, that was, this was so much fun. Uh, Ariel, this was awesome. Um, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on and spending some time with us and sharing some of your wisdom. And um, we're going to go sweat some more strikeout props and we can't wait to follow everything you do this season. Will you just remind everybody where all they can find you? Make sure to check me out at Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter or sports.yahoo.com. Download the Yahoo Sports app on uh, Google Play or App Store and MLB Network. I'm always on the pregame spread, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time on MLB Network. It's an awesome time with Matt Viscursion and myself. My own stuff, too. I mean, you can follow me at Ariel Epstein on Twitter, Ariel Epstein on Instagram. I'm trying to build that Instagram following. So check it out. We were going to make sure we mentioned the Instagram because we know you're trying to get that, that girl away. I That's what it. you said in Vegas. You were like, Joe, why doesn't anybody follow me on Instagram? And you <laughs> showed me. I'm like, I don't know. We got to get well, that I thing know, going. I know why. It's because one, I don't post a ton of thirst traps. And two, whenever I was posting my pics to my Instagram, they were losing. So I stopped uh, posting pics to Instagram out of superstition. But we're back. Makes perfect sense to me. So yeah. definitely check out the Instagram, everybody who listens, get on there, follow that, boost those numbers a little bit. So the way that we like to end our show is we talk about, we remind everyone, sometimes if you bet on the worst teams, and we didn't talk about betting a lot of sides, but what can happen if you bet on teams like the Diamondbacks or the, God forbid, the Orioles? So <laughs> what should people expect if they, they get down in the muck and they bet on the worst of the worst? expect in what way wins and losses um i'm so confused by this question to their heart like or the wallet if someone's if someone's gonna regularly bet on the orioles what should they expect oh definitely losses but i mean (laughs) if you want to bet on the orioles or the Mariners, or the D-backs, like any of these kinds of teams. Not the Pirates. Don't bet anything on them. But (laughs) the plus one and a half. Go take the run line instead of the money line, as long as it's not crazy juice. Like the Orioles, they blew that run line on Wednesday night against Milwaukee. They should have hit the plus one and a half. They've had the game up at two. The game goes to the ninth. It's now three to two. And then they blew it with four to two. But, like, it was only minus 110, to go, and I know people are like, oh, but money line. No, no, no. We're talking about the team that doesn't win a lot of games. They're barely above 500. But if you look back at some of those te- at some of those teams, you could go bet those run lines. Last year, my favorite run line team, the Mariners, at home. Seattle plus one and a half at home. Last year was like my favorite run line bet. With Chris Flexen pitching? Yeah, he's better was, at home. Dude, yeah, yeah, he was incredible at home. Yeah. So if you really want to bet those teams because you love them so much and you don't live in California and you actually have a team, then go bet the plus one and a half. (laughs) Take the run line. That's the prop queen's advice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, bring it home. What happens when you sometimes bet on poop? You might be like me. You step in shit. Take the one and a half, like Ariel said, and still lose by the hook. Probably. Fade you, yeah, 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 yeah. Fade you, fade the fuck out of you.